With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, SimulTV.com, SimulTV.com. What's SimulTV.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean SimulTV.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SimulTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SimulTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Roswell in the 21st Century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404 474 0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. 
For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Willa Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, my visionary friends, and thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on another exciting adventure into future possibilities. This is Mission Evolution, where we share innovative thoughts and information with today's leading esoteric and scientific experts supporting the co-creation of a better tomorrow. You, my treasured audience, are a very important part of this discussion. Email info at missionevolution.org with any comments or questions. We'll address them on the very next show. So grab your pen and pad, take notes, sit back, and enjoy. This hour will consider creative aging in a world of upheaval. Not six months ago, we had various formulas to responsibly prepare for our latter years. There were challenges, but also strategies to work around them in order to secure a comfortable financial future. Now, in 2020, the year of total upheaval, all bets are off. The only sure thing is that everything is drastically and rapidly changing. The very things we thought we could rely on are going up in smoke, literally. How can we find our way through these wild times and secure our future? What tools are out there to financially navigate through the current storm? How can we creatively work with the new circumstances? With us this hour to contemplate how disruptive events may be affecting aging and retirement is Sarah Zeff Geber. She's the author of award-winning book, Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers, a retirement and aging roadmap for single and childless adults. In 2018, she was a recipient of Influencers in Aging, designated by PBS Next Avenue. Sarah is a retirement coach and professional speaker on retirement and aging. She's developed a specialty niche working with solo agers, people who have no children or are aging alone. Her website, sarahzeffweber.geber.com. Sarah, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you, Gwilda. I'm happy to be here. Um, what You have a doctorate's degree, yes? Yes. And what is that in? It's in organizational behavior and counseling. Oh, interesting. Where'd you get that? At Golden Gate University. It was actually a joint program with uh, San Francisco State University. Nice, nice. How'd, how'd you become interested in aging and retirement? Well, it's a sort of interesting. I was doing a lot of leadership development, um, manage, part of management consulting, and um, I ended up doing a lot of executive coaching. And long about 10 years ago, I noticed that all my, well, not all, but most of my baby boomer age clients were wanting to talk at least as much, if not more, about their retirement plans than their strategic plans. So right, I... Would you back uh, up a little and tell <laughs> me a difference between strategic plans and retirement plans? Well, strategic plans have to do with their business. Okay. Mm -hmm. And or whatever organization or department they were running within a large business. And of course, their retirement plan it need, needs no definition, right? <laughs> so you speak of solo agers. What is that? Well, my definition of solo agers has kind of evolved over the last oh, seven or eight years. Initially, I conceived of it being people who didn't have children. Because as I looked around me, most of the oldest adults in our society were being cared for and looked after by their adult children. And my husband and I don't have kids. 
So I thought to myself one day as I was watching one of my friends fly across the country for about the fifth time to take care of her aging father, I said, who's going to do that for us? And clearly the, there was no answer to that. Those of us that do not have children um, have to figure it out for ourselves. And I realized that, that we were kind of a whole, almost a new class of people. And the, the, uh, the rate of childlessness or child-free, as I like to call it, among baby boomers is almost twice what it was in all previous generations. So there's quite a few of us. Why do you like to call it child-free? Because it's, it's uh, mostly by choice that baby boomer women who didn't have children um, chose that. Now, surely there are women out there, of course, who did not choose that and by circumstance never had kids. But many women uh, of the boomer generation were experiencing a whole new freedom, an opportunity to do what we wanted to do, to take care of ourselves. Lots of doors were opening to educational institutions and careers that had never before been open to women. And many women like myself just simply chose that route rather than raising a family. Can't you have both? Uh, some women chose to, for sure. Um, and my observation is it was very rough because men did not, um, typically did not pull their weight around the house and with um, child rearing chores as they do today. It has changed over time then. It sure has. Thank goodness, right? Yeah, thank goodness for the later generation of women. <laughs> and men. Yeah, they win. Yeah, they, they're, sta they're standing up, and now they're probably carrying more than we are in a lot of regards. So, so maybe. So historically, what have you found to be some of the key ingredients in happiness to solo agers? Well, I think for most of our lives, those of us who didn't have children, and, and by the way, I now include in the kind of bucket term solo agers, people who are aging alone for any reason, and there's lots and lots of reasons Many people are aging completely alone because they don't have a partner in life. Um, either they're widowed or divorced or um, chose never to marry. Um, so they're solo agers too. And sometimes people did have kids and those kids uh, are estranged from them now. They don't see them much or they live 9,000 miles away. So there's lots of reasons why people may call, in fact, call themselves solo agers and legitimately so. Um, so the, the secret to, to happiness, I don't think it varies too much from what people who do have kids enjoy, but finding meaning and purpose in life is one of the, certainly the key ingredients. And to me, having a community and a, what I call a social network is also key to having a, a rewarding later life. Uh, it may be that uh, if you have left your career somewhere back in, in your 60s um, or even 70s, um, you need to think about finding meaning and purpose and a whole new community elsewhere. So that involves finding meaningful ways of spending your time. Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's getting involved in civic affairs. There's no end to ways that people can, can find both community and meaning and purpose in life today, no matter how old they are. And isn't that important for anyone? I mean, you know, if we just totally focus on our jobs, um, that's kind of monofocused, isn't it? 
Oh, a little bit, yeah. Although certainly lots of people do. I mean, I, you too, Glenda, have probably known many men and women who have been very laser focused on their jobs and derived great pleasure from that. Um, and others who who didn't and needed to find other outlets as well. So it, I think the range is is quite large on that. So it really isn't restricted to solo agers here. We're talking about anybody aging. Absolutely. Now, yeah. the difference is that people with kids tend to spend a great deal of their time and resources and just their life focus on their grandchildren. And that's the thing that, that probably most distinguishes solo agers from those who have family, especially family that live locally. Um, I know many uh, of the women that, men and women that, that I've known throughout my adult life, once they had grandkids, boy, that <laughs> the focus of their life became very different. And many of them moved away to be near those grandkids. So it's that made a huge um, impression on me, the distinction between what uh, solo agers had in their lives at that point, which is usually somewhere in their 60s or, or early 70s, and, and what uh, people who were parents and grandparents had. So just, just different, not good or bad or wrong or right, just different. So we're, we're kind of going through, um, uh, if, if indeed more solo agers, more childless or child-free people are, are uh, occur, uh, being in our society, we're having to go through a shift to accommodate for um, a rich life after we retire that does not include grandchildren. Is there Correct. any provision? I mean, I've, I've seen where they're getting, you know, in smaller communities, they're getting the elderly and the young together, whether they're grandparents or not. It's kind of like a surrogate thing. Um, have you seen any of that? I have. I have. There are uh, a number of organizations that are that have that as their main focus. Uh, Encore.org is one of them. Um, I just discovered a new one the other day. In fact, I'm talking to the CEO of, of a company called Seniors for Seniors um, later on today, in fact. And uh, that uh, their organization matches literally seniors in high school <laughs> with senior people in society. So I thought that was a very clever name and a, and a very um, um, uh, clever pairing if you will, seniors and seniors. Absolutely. Well, it's about time for a commercial break. On the other side, I would like to look at uh, what we've lost as a society in the process of not including our seniors, whether they're physically related to us or not. So it is time for that break. Sarah and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to Mission Evolution, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. 
While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Gen E as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Again, this is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To all our faithful and thoughtful listeners, we really value your opinion and would love to hear from you. What do you think about changing our approach to aging and retirement due to the current upheavals? Email me at info at missionevolution.org and give me your thoughts or questions so we can all share them on the very next show. This in from a member of our audience regarding the episode, It Takes Two to Tango, Evolving Beyond Abusive Relationships. KK shares, I think it's overly simplistic to label people either narcissist or empathic and judge them accordingly. Thanks for your observations, KK. I would have to agree with your assessment. While observing the patterns that develop in a relationship is useful, it's important not to judge a person or make decisions totally based on a list of tendencies. With us this hour discussing aging in a turbulent world is Sarah Geber. Her website is sarahzeffgeber.com. So that's S-A-R-A-Z-E-F-F-G-E-B-E-R.com. 
Sarah, we were just getting into how, you know, with the increase in people that are aging childless or child-free, um, some provisions are starting to be made to bring um, young people that need the guidance and support of the older people together, whether they're related or not. What's your take on that? How effective is it? Um, I think it's probably very effective, and I say probably because I'm not involved in those uh, in that movement particularly. I sort of watch from the sidelines and applaud, um, but I think it's been received quite well. Mark Friedman, who uh, founded Encore.org, originally Civic Ventures, uh, wrote a book recently called How to Live Forever. Wonderful name. Uh, but the, <laughs> and the content of the book is, is certainly has nothing to do with medically living forever. It has to do with living forever through others. And it, it is all about bringing the generations together. So I think that's a wonderful thing. The more we bring generations together, the more they can learn from each other, the more they have to offer each other, and the more they learn to respect each other. So I think it's terrific. You speak of being aware of who we are as we age and what we value is an important part of our well-being. Would you go into that a little bit for us? Yes. I think that when we get to a certain point in life, it's important for us to kind of sit back and take stock once again of our values. What is it that's important to us in life? Now, sometimes values don't change much from the time that we're uh, in our late teens or early 20s till we're in our 60s or 70s or beyond. Uh, but sometimes they do. Life, life teaches us lessons. And sometimes those lessons lead to a change in our values. So in order to find something meaningful to do with your life in its later decades, it's important to understand what you value, what's important to you, what do you care about? When I do coaching with people who are in that retirement transition, I put them through a whole values clarification exercise, much like they probably did when they were um, getting out of college or getting out of high school and wanted to find the right career for themselves. Because in a sense, you're, you're kind of starting over with a brand new phase of life. And my gosh, these days, m many people can expect to live well into their 90s and even 100s. We know that something that we've lost from our from indigenous times is we always had these rites of passage. Mm -hmm. And so it, 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 during those rites of passage, a person would take on a different identity, different values, different roles. And we don't have those to our detriment. Do you see any way of bringing that back? Um, hmm, rites of passage. Well, I think retirement itself is somewhat of a rite of passage, although today retirement has become almost a bad word. Nobody likes to think about retirement in the way that our parents did. Um, very few people leave a job after 40 years with a gold watch and looking forward to uh, a few years of playing golf or sitting in a barca lounger watching TV, that's just not what the baby boom generation has in mind for their retirement. So what do they have in I mind? I don't know. I think most baby boomers today have in mind a much more active retirement where they may have throughout their working years been having put off a lot of the travel that they want to do or working for causes they believe in, whether they're political causes or, um, animal rights, it just could be anything, but okay, almost, so, 
Go ahead. So inter interstage left 2020 <laughs> and all, all the rules are changing. Now we have social distancing. We can't travel. How does this impact who and what we thought we were and how can we work with it? Well, you know, I, I know that in some ways this, what we're experiencing right, right now with this pandemic is going to change our society. It may change individuals. It certainly will change individuals who, who have suffered great loss from this, maybe watched um, a partner or another loved one die from this disease. On the other hand, we will get to the other side of it. It will end. And we will be back where we started, trying to put the pieces of our plans for later life back together. So I think it's important not to lose sight of that um, and to get through this as best we can, but it's not going to last forever. Well, it looks to me like there's going to be pretty profound economic repercussions um, just as a result of what we've gone through so far, not to mention the second wave. How can we adjust our plans, our financial planning for our elder years accordingly? Um, I think we have to wait. I think we have to wait and see what life looks like on the other side of this. Um, what the only thing that I can tell people now, and you know, this is where my expertise and, and really anyone's expertise comes to a screeching halt and we're just kind of making it up as we go because nobody's been here before. But I, think that's I encourage important. people to be patient. I think it's an important point because we have not been here before. On the other hand, all the scarring and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from the last depression is still with some people mm -hmm. of, yes, of our elder yeah. generation. What can we learn to maybe mitigate that a little bit for, for this go around? And what can we learn from those people that have been through it before? So I think once again, that we need to listen to one another. We need to be patient. We need to be kind. Um, some of that sounds a little trite, but honestly, I don't think anyone has the answers. I don't think anyone has a silver bullet for this. We're just going to have to make our way through it as best we can. Just, you know, I know this is a guess, but how, how long do you think this is going to be impacting us? Mm, probably for several years. And the, the backwash of it will be impacting us for at least a decade. Right. And now, now, it, and I'm no expert on finances for sure. I understand. Um, like I said, it was, I, I understand it was a guess, but now we're being impacted with this rioting and this crazy making stuff. How is that affecting um, us financially and our ability to uh, retire securely? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I do know that we're, we're seeing the, the beginnings of a movement of people out of the cities. And I don't think it's because of the riots. I think it's more because the density and the pandemic. And people are saying, do I really want to be a city dweller anymore? And, you know, before this, urbanism was the in thing. Everybody wanted to go live and work in the city, or at least live in the city, even if they didn't work there. And now I'm not so sure that that's going to continue because what you have with urbanism is high density, high, uh, high potential for contagion of anything. So we're starting to see some of that. The property values in the big cities are starting to plummet. And we're also seeing, you know, looting and, uh, um, you know, rioting and violence in a lot of the big cities. So they don't have much to recommend them at this point. Correct. 
And that's going to change the face of, uh, of the economy as well, isn't it? It may. It may. I think it'll change the face of our culture, maybe more than the economy. How can we reevaluate our goals and identities in this new landscape? Once again, I think we need to be patient. It's like asking someone who's on a merry-go-round, you better, you better try and get off. You better try and plan an exit right now. And what we really need to do is wait till the merry-go-round stops and see where we are and make a reassessment then. So be patient, do the best you can, and help others as best you can throughout this um, throughout this merry-go-round that we're on because it will stop. Well, patience is great, but don't we have to take some kind of action and reevaluate our stance to keep our balance? I'm not so sure. Um, I think people are at various um, people are at various places with this. Um, some people are in great need of uh, some therapy, and I hope that they're getting it. Um, it has been very jarring to people both mentally and physically, and I hope people will reach out for help that are feeling like they, they're really becoming uh, unhinged by this, and many people are. Uh, reach out to others, reach out to professionals. But again, hang on for the ride because we're all in this together. Nobody's escaping this. Yeah, that's Now that's a fact. We're, we're all in it together. And on a global level, isn't this the first time it's been like that? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's very few people alive today who can remember the pandemic of 1918. Uh, and I think it probably had a similar feel. But again, you'd have to be 102 to remember that. And even then, you probably wouldn't remember it because you would have been too young. Exactly. You're 102 and you don't remember anything <laughs> anyway. That's so right. it's time for another, another commercial break. Sarah and I will return to our discussion shortly. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. 
Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. Audience, if you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution. Did you know our entire Leading Edge Information Packed episode collection is available to listen or download with our compliments? Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. Our guest this hour is Sarah Geber. We're speaking about aging during turbulent times. Her website, sarahzefgeber.com. Sarah, we were uh, getting into um, how as we're moving through these times, this pandemic and every, all bets are off, we just have to sit back and, and watch and wait. But we also, in the same process, are going to have to reevaluate how we uh, relate to the world around us, aren't we? Yes, we will. Um, we will have to, uh, again, uh, exercising patience is important in that. Don't, but isn't our entire identity up for grabs? Because, you know, for generations now, at least a couple, uh, there's been the same trend. You, you know, you work, you save your money, you get up a retirement account, you, you know, make plans for what you're going to do when you're no longer at your job. But now people don't even know if they're going to be have a job or if they can get another job to make up for the money that they're losing in the, in the interim. How can we change our relationship to our possessions and to life in general to accommodate for this while we're waiting? You know, that's just an area that I'm not an expert in. <laughs> I think <clears throat> it's a question that, that very few people can answer with any sense of... Um, surety um, and it's also a question that people need to answer for themselves because it'll the answer will be different for everyone 
Um, I, I certainly think that a lot of people are going to have to scale down their expectations, uh, their expectations from a lot of things, their expectations from their, uh, for their career, their expectations from their, uh, for their economic uh, situation. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. It's Do you a mystery coach- that is going to unfold in front of us as the months go by. Do you coach people um, before this came about when they're getting ready to retire? Do you coach them on uh, scaling down their expectations and their values? If necessary, sometimes it's not necessary. A lot of people come to me for retirement coaching, not because of their economic situation, but because they need to be better prepared emotionally to leave a career that has given them um, a sense of Um, a sense of identity for probably between 30 and 40 years for most people. And now they're leaving that and they need to figure out what they're going to say when somebody asks, well, what do you do? Mm -hmm. So, but you're, none of your degree was in psychology, right? Yes, it is. I have a bachelor's in psychology. I have a master's in guidance and counseling. Perfect. Perfect. So you're able and, and, and skilled in that area so that you can coach people into how to reevaluate their identity and adjust to the new circumstance. Sure. Most coaches do that. How do you see COVID-19 and the forced isolation impacting solo agers? Oh, I've written um, several articles on that, actually. I I have a a regular blog post in Forbes.com, and uh, most of my last blog posts have been somewhat related to what do we, how do we cope with isolation? And that has been very challenging, especially for solo agers, people who live alone, and really anyone of any age who lives alone has had to find ways to connect with people. And that's why most of us wish we had bought stock in Zoom, right? Because uh, it's having quite its day in the sun. I spend a lot of my time on the computer having Zoom meetings or just Zoom social events, dinners and lunches with friends, uh, one other person or a group of, um, my husband and I have a group of 11 of us that meet once a week on Zoom. So um, we've had to find new ways of doing that. We've had to find ways to occupy our time and ways to occupy our minds. And you know, my, my sense is that most people have done pretty well with that whether it's uh, sewing masks, many, many women, especially women, some men too, who have some experience with a sewing machine have discovered that they can help out by making masks. And uh, hundreds of thousands of masks have been made by individuals and sent into organizations that distribute them to where they're needed. Um, People have also helped out in other ways. Therapists have... um, jumped in and done a lot of pro bono therapy with people who needed some help and um, did not know where to turn. So people are finding ways not only to cope, but to help. And, And that's important too, because once you find a way to help, you have really found a way to make your own life uh, meaningful. You know that um, we've been talking about the negative impact What about the positive things that that we're learning like that, like returning to community, uh, helping out, thinking about each other instead of just ourselves and our jobs? What do you see going on there? In the community? Um, I think it it probably differs from one community to the next. 
um, the, the community that I live in, it's a kind of a small city. I live in a city of about a quarter of a million people uh, in a, in, within a fairly rural county. And uh, we've, we've been encouraged to, uh, to reach out in a number of ways to um, help, help our neighbors. We've been encouraged to, especially for younger, more able people, if they know that they have older people in their neighborhood who might have greater needs and might not be as able to get around, um, to be of help. And we see a lot of that happening. So I think it's neighbors helping neighbors is one of the things that communities are doing. And, you know, being isolated in our own homes, do we become more aware that we have neighbors and that they might have needs than before when we were busy running, you know, from our home to our job to the store, et cetera? I think absolutely. The answer to that is is a big yes, because <laughs> one thing that most of us are doing is a great deal of walking and our neighborhoods are where we walk. There's no real point for most people since the parks are closed in, in many states. They're starting to open up now, but for the last couple months they've been closed. So most people are just walking in their neighborhood and you see people that you haven't, um, you haven't really gotten to know and you wave and you have socially distanced conversations. Um, and it, it's easy to ask people what they need and help out where necessary. And I think it's going to bring a lot of neighbors closer to um, having a more of a community in their neighborhood than they ever had before. And that seems so important right now. Also, I think it's, what do you think about the change in people's attitudes towards staying at home and finding ways of working from there and socializing from there and not driving around so much? Well, all I can tell you is what I observe in my own neighborhood in my own town. And that's that for a couple weeks, two or three weeks, people really, really towed the line. There was hardly anybody out on the roads. Um, I probably didn't even leave my own house for a couple weeks. And then finally, I went to pick up some takeout or um, we have a bakery that stayed open and was um, allowing people to order online and pick up what they ordered in person at an outdoor table. So I did that and I noticed very, very few cars on the road. But then as the weeks went by, every week, more and more people were out driving around in their cars. I don't know where they were going, but there were definitely more cars on the road. It still isn't at the level that it was before the pandemic and before the lockdown of most cities, but people are restless. They're out and about now. They're, I think there are some people that get in their cars just because they want to drive around somewhere. Well, so let's, let's draw on, let's, let, let's draw on your psychology background. What impact do you think this has had? I mean, people have used their driving around, running around, uh, focusing on work, all that, to kind of avoid some of their own issues. And now here we sit stewing <laughs> in our own unprocessed stuff in our homes. How much do you think that's impacting some of the violence we're seeing and some of the restlessness we're seeing? It probably has some impact. I think it's, it's um, I don't want to get into a political discussion here. No, we um, do not. <laughs> no, but uh, I think it has some impact. I think it has maybe had some positive impact. I think young people who might have been too busy to get politically active in the things they believed in have now gotten more active. So it's probably had both positive and negative um, effects. So... Let's change gears a little bit. 
the tendency as we age is to become less flexible, okay, historically. And yet these times require extreme flexibility. How can we adapt? How can we become more flexible? Well, I think that's a, a, a good question, uh, Wilda. And I think in, in some ways it's true that as we get older, we become more kind of set in our ways. We have certain things that we like to do, certain things that we like to eat, certain places we like to go, and, and they become routine and they become kind of grooved into who we are and what we do in life. Um, and and certain personalities are more predisposed to be more kind of compulsive that way. Other people are more easily able to change when the need is when the need arises. So for some people, that's more difficult than others. But everyone has had to change up some of what they do just to survive through this in the last couple months. So so it, it varies from person to person, I think, is really the answer. Well, it's about time for another commercial break, but I would like to get into flexibility and the forced flexibility that we've been dealing with and how we can be creative with it rather than be shattered by it. So on the other side of a commercial break, we will address that. Sarah and I will be back shortly to continue this discussion. Don't go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com 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 right simultv.com interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com ufo last night oh yeah yeah now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she had been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. 
Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I love to hear from our audience. Your thoughts are very important to me. To suggest a topic or guest that you think would be of interest, email us at information at missionevolution.org. That's info at missionevolution.org. This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Sarah Geber. Her website, sarahzefgeber.com. Sarah, we were talking about flexibility, how this circumstance is really demanding more flexibility of us. And, you know, people are speaking about going back to normal. But at this point, the likelihood of that seems pretty slim. How can we best cope with the uncertainty we face and become flexible enough to embrace it? I think probably talking about it. Um, I hope people are doing that. I hope people are finding others they they trust and that will open up and kind of talk about their fears and their their sense of restlessness and what that's all about and um, what their their hopes for the future, things that they think might have changed uh, for them in the future. Uh, but that's really all we can do right now is to talk about it, air our feelings, and get professional help where necessary. Do you, don't you suppose that we can also become very, very creative in how we address it so that we end up better on the other side than we were before we started? Um, I don't know. What did you have in mind? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the way society and our values were going was becoming increasingly not sustainable, right? And um, when we saw the shift that happened, when we all stayed at home for a while, you could see mountaintops that hadn't been seen for generations, you know, because of the smog. There's a certain amount of lesson there. And if we can kind of reevaluate what's really necessary for us and factor in what's, you know, important to the greater whole in a way that we didn't because we didn't have this experience before. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I'm hopeful, but I'm not hugely optimistic about that. I think people are going to be most interested in getting their livelihood back on track and whether they'll have the, the bandwidth and the 
the time and the interest to make sure that that we that some of the the value that we've seen in the the quieting of the earth um, is sustainable. I I I just don't know. Um, but I think that's what you're talking about. Are we going to pay attention to that and do something about it? I I would hope so, but I don't know. Well, if we don't, we don't know how sustainable we're going to be for how long. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So let, let's change gears again. Um, what is aging in place? Aging in place is um, a term that I think may have originated with AARP. And AARP grabbed onto that um that phenomenon as something that most people wanted. Most people wanted to essentially grow old in the home that they knew. So um, I think that that's a, a too narrow a definition of aging in place, but it's meant to encompass people who don't want to move into any other kind of um, what they see as institutional kind of environment or they don't want to move into their kid's basement. They just want to stay where they are in, in surroundings that they know. So that's what aging in place is. And it's become hugely, it's become a hugely popular expression. Uh, thanks again to AARP, who did some research uh, that apparently uncovered that 80 something percent of, of people that they asked want to quote unquote age in place. So <laughs> that's what it is, is aging in the environment you know. So in the wake of social distancing and travel restrictions, is aging in place becoming more of a necessity than it has been instead of becoming full timers and RVers and all that fun stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, more it's become more of a necessity for economic reasons than anything else, because if at the end of this people discover they've lost a lot of their savings um, and the whatever wealth they had accumulated, then they are less able to make a move. Um, uh, although many people, I think, are going to find that they'll want to downsize, which I'm a big fan of. I'm, I'm a very big fan of downsizing. I'm not particularly a fan of what most people think of as aging in place for solo agers. I think that people need community. And if their version of aging in place involves staying in their, in their two or three story home in a suburban cul-de-sac, I think that's not particularly the best way to have a community around you that it's, is supportive of you and of your needs as you get older. You know, I've, I've, I've heard of and seen um, some tendencies towards um, people that are solo aging getting together and creating a communal home. Have you seen any of that? Oh, yes, I have. And I'm a very big fan of that. I would love to see more of that. There are several organizations um, that promote that and bring people together, particularly for that purpose. Um, shared housing is one of them um, run by a woman named Anna Marie Pluhar that really is the kind of, she's sort of the shared housing queen um, in, in our country. And uh, she has a book out on how to do that and promotes it actively. There's also, there are also organizations that 
again, put people together in particular geographic areas. So I'm a, a big fan of that. I hope a lot of people will take advantage of, of, of that opportunity, whether they have a house to share or want to move into someone else's home that can accommodate more than just that one person. Um, I think it's, it's just a great way to go. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, you know, from the tiny homes uh, showing showing up so that the elders have a place of their own and at the same time in the yard with their with their kids to people mm-hmm. actually building uh, homes that are designed to have like different apartments in them and a centralized kitchen um, and sharing in the workload and taking care of each other. I, I think it's a beautiful way to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, have, you, have you have you implemented any changes in your retirement and aging roadmap as a result of these unprecedented times? No. I haven't made any changes at all to my own um, or encouraged other people to make changes to theirs yet. So it's, again, it's a waiting game. See, see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which direction do you think it'll go? I mean, as far as any changes that you're, you're seeing upcoming in your planning? Um, I think it may uh, have an impact on people's retirement savings. I mean, right now, let's face it, the, the stock market is only something like 4% below what it was in January. 4%. That's, That's interesting, nothing. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I fully expect there'll be another dip. I think we're in for a pretty wild ride this year, but nobody knows where it's going to settle. And if it does settle something like we are, like we have right now, then people haven't lost very much. No, not at this point they haven't. We've lost more than that. What was it, 15 years ago when we had a big crash? Oh my gosh, yes, 2008, 2009. Yes, people lost a lot back then. Do you you think we're at risk of uh, entering another depression as a result of this pandemic? I'm not a financial advisor, so I I am not going to put a stake in the ground on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you there. You know, there was a lot of panic um, that was involved in the last depression. People panicked and actually fed the depression because they started pulling their money out and everything else. We're not seeing that much of this this time, are we? I don't think so. At least it's not apparent. And I think I'm happy to see that so far people are just being patient and waiting to see where this goes. I'm sure some people have pulled money out. Um, some people made, but there are other people who watched what a mistake that was in 2008 and have decided to stay the course. And I think that's been helpful. Yeah, that's, that's hugely important, isn't it? I mean, we're so controllable by the media and this and that, and all you have to do is incite panic and, and uh, people run and pull money out like they did in the first depression. Yeah. I don't think that would have been necessary. The depression itself would not have been uh, certainly not as severe as it was had we just stayed the course. Yeah. So that would be good advice now, right? Stay the course, be patient, and watch. Yep. (laughs) The good old hide and watch. Um, In closing, what would you like to share about aging and solo aging during these turbulent times with our listeners? I think my biggest message during these times is don't isolate yourself. There's Yes, there's a need to stay home, but that doesn't mean you have to isolate yourself. If you have neighbors, reach out to them. Um, We're doing all kinds of things with our neighbors in a socially distanced, safe manner. Um, We're even having movie night 
where uh, one one neighbor projects the movie onto their house and we all sit socially distanced from one another and watch a movie and enjoy a, a good retro comedy together. There's so many things that you can do to be social and still stay safe. So do that, even if it's just getting on Zoom calls or regular old telephone calls, um, they, they can fill your time. And I also encourage people to find ways to give back. If you are young and don't have medical conditions that would indicate that you might have a bad go of it if you got the virus, then by all means, get out there and volunteer at your food bank or, or wherever else they're well, there. Unfortunately, Sarah, we are out of time, but thank okay. you so much for coming on the show. Well, I am happy to do that, Wilde. It was a pleasure. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Sarah Zeff Geber, the author of award-winning book, Essential Retirement Planning's Planning for Solo Agers, a retirement and aging roadmap for single and childless adults. Her website, sarahzeffgeber.com. This has been Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues, bringing you information, resources, and support for an evolving and somewhat turbulent world. Thank you.